On HealthWise with me this morning is Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. Okay, let's talk about knee osteoarthritis. It can be quite painful, but what is it exactly? Yeah, basically, if you look at it, it's now actually known. Uh, at one time, it thought more of a degenerative disorder. That means as you get older, wear and tear, you get uh, you know your arthritis of the knees. But now we actually look at it more as an inflammatory disorder because when younger people actually get uh, you know the knee osteoarthritis now. It, and there's a lot of inflammation involved as you know there's pain swelling tenderness as you know the whole knee mm-hmm. gets swollen and uh, it can be very painful they can't walk so it's more like an inflammatory arthritis you know and then people get episodes of uh, where it's increased uh, inflammation pain then it gets better now of course there's certain people you know people are obese or people women especially people who, sportsmen who have actually injured themselves or uh, people who work in places where they squat a lot bend a lot maybe there is somewhere in tear of the cartilage and that can lead to inflammation uh, but basically it's just an inflammatory arthritis and it should be treated as such. Right. How can we reduce the effects of knee osteoarthritis? Uh, I suppose one is that, you know, uh, if you are overweight, maybe you can lose weight. Uh, don't try to use uh, situations where you have to use your knee a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. that can cause wear and tear. For example, I know people who run on, you know, roads with just normal shoes. Now, oh. that's, that's causing going to cause problems in the long run for you. Uh, if you have a family history of osteoarthritis and you're at higher risk, there's some genetic uh, this thing. The other thing is, of course, uh, taking things like certain supplements that can actually help to reduce the inflammation, help to regenerate the cartilage. And these are some of the things you can look at. All right. Well, coming up, when do you know a stubbed toe is serious? It happens all the time, but, you know, sometimes the pain can be excessive. Did you break your toe? We want to find out when it's serious after Michael learns to rock here on light. On HealthWise, Dr. Rajbans is with us this morning. And uh, how do you know when a stubbed toe is serious? Because it seems to be a minor injury. However, it can be intensely painful. And that pain can kind of hide the fact that, hey, you know, it could be broken. You could have a sprain, broken nails and infection. So when do you know it's serious? Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people do get, uh, you know, stubbed toe. And then you get, just get a bit of hemorrhage under the nail. And there's some swelling. Of course, there's pain. Uh, but within a day or two, you find that everything seems to settle. Now, if there's a fracture or something broken, then your pain and swelling will be much worse. The swelling will be really, you know, you can see the tore or the, mm-hmm. the getting really bigger. And the pain won't go away. In fact, the more the more you walk, the more the pain, you know, gets worse. So, that could be a sign of this. could be a broken bone. Uh, now, of course, infection, if there is, you know, some discharge or if you start getting fever and the toe uh, gets even bigger, then you know there's definitely something else going on. So, both things like broken bones or infection are signs that you have to go and see a doctor. All right. Well, coming up, if you find that your nighttime sleep is disrupted, it could be either nicotine or alcohol more so than coffee. We'll find out more with Dr. Rajbans next here on Light. It's a light breakfast with Shaz and uh, it's HealthWise with Dr. Rajbans and researchers say that nicotine and alcohol before bedtime can have a negative impact on the quantity and the quality of sleep more so than coffee or other caffeinated beverages that don't significantly really affect sleep patterns for most people. Can you explain why that is, Dr. Rajbans? I think both alcohol and nicotine are stimulants. Mm-hmm. So basically they're going to stimulate you rather than keep you to sleep. Uh, which Some people in coffee does that, you know, 
know, depending on your gene variants, they say. Uh, but uh, it's definitely alcohol and uh, nicotine will do that. And it disrupts your sleep pattern. So basically, especially your deep sleep patterns will get affected because being stimulants, they, a lot of people got a wrong idea that, you know, if they take alcohol, they're actually going to fall asleep. Uh, but actually, might actually work the other way. Though they, they sleep, they might not think they are staying a few yeah. times. And they actually don't go into the deep sleep patterns that at least very important. You at least get two hours of deep sleep at night. Right. So I think that is something that uh, people must realize that it is not actually something that you take before you go to bed. Now, can we eat or drink to make yeah. it easier to fall asleep yeah. and stay asleep? I mean, I remember my mom, mom used to make <laughs> that warm milk before you, you know, go to bed. Oh, yeah. uh, but I think the best thing is that try to avoid too much of food to four hours before you go to bedtime because I think your body if you eat too uh, a lot and just go to bed your all your blood supply is going to the stomach you know so mm. so instead of the, trying to fall asleep your your body is just trying to digest that food and that's going to give less blood supply to the brain which is actually very important during sleep during sleep the brain actually uses a lot of calories because it's going through that phase of rejuvenating the brain right. you know especially during the, the dream part you know the rapid eye movement mm-hmm. so you want all that uh, things uh, to be actually focused on the brain rather than your stomach so a good way to uh, eat light three to four hours before you go to bed and you find that you have a very good sleep you know so i think a lot of people make the mistake of the late supper which actually not really good yeah <laughs> i stopped doing that years ago <laughs> okay well coming up uh, does dark chocolate actually help with depression what is the link well we'll find out with dr rajbans next here on light and with me is Dr. Rajbans this morning. Now, a survey-based study looking at chocolate consumption and depression found that people who eat dark chocolate are less likely to report depressive symptoms. I mean, Dr. Rajbans, um, is there a link? Can we trust this study? Yeah, I mean, dark chocolate is healthy because it's uh, full of antioxidants. Uh, now, and that's that's where that it's important that it must be dark chocolate, mm-hmm. at least seventy percent, you know, mm-hmm. chocolate, uh, very little sugar and milk. Because a lot of time people take chocolate is full of sugar and milk, and that actually has adverse effects. So I would stick to really dark chocolate. And uh, but whether that's uh, you know whether the antioxidants itself help because high antioxidants helps to reduce your free radicals that could help uh, maybe help you sleep better, or whether it disturbs. Uh, I mean helps your serotonin levels go up that could be the other thing you know because serotonin is a good uh, chemical that makes you you know less depressed so or it's just a placebo effect you know taking makes you feel happy (laughs) right so whatever but it's no harm if you stick to dark chocolate now again you must remember that even if you is dark chocolate is healthy but again a lot can increase your calories so again you have to you know balance that out stop at one little square yeah (laughs) right I think that's a good way to look at it and uh, uh, but dark chocolate definitely uh, is as a part of a diet plan I would always tell people take some dark chocolate at night uh, and uh, you know it's a good antioxidant helps you relax and uh, you, you don't feel so deprived if yeah, you are that's on right. a diet yeah? yeah that's right all right well when we come back uh, it seems that 14 young people in two states over the US have been hospitalized after vaping we'll find out um, why this could be with Dr. Rajbans next here on Light on HealthWise with Dr. Rajbans, 14 uh, young adults have been hospitalized in Wisconsin and Illinois for breathing problems potentially linked to vaping, according to health officials in both states. Um, I won't got to, uh, have to wonder, what were they smoking or is it the fact that they are young? These are uh, teenagers, I believe. 
Yeah, and actually there are quite a number of them, you know, eight of them that uh, actually had a lot of, uh, you know, respiratory issues and they had to actually be admitted. And uh, they're not actually very sure whether it's the chemical or the liquid that was inside the vaping or is it just as people were more sensitive about. That's the problem with vaping. You don't know where that... The chemical, chemical yeah. what they put inside, what they, you know, what sort of quality control they go through. You know, anybody can put anything and, you know, with, uh, to make it maybe feel better or whatever. Right. And uh, what good quality control. So this looks more like a sort of serious reaction to whatever the liquid or the, or, you know, in that vape or so. Very dangerous because uh, getting, it's like an allergic, serious allergic reaction yeah. to the lung uh, that you have to be really admitted. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to find out uh, once investigations were finished uh, to see whether these people bought this, you know, the, the vape liquid from the same supplier. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, or where that did the supply of the liquid mm. come from to this, uh, you know, vapor. So uh, I think even here in Malaysia, I think people must be really careful when they, you know, get these vape liquids uh, because we don't know where the quality control is or who does it. Okay, well, do you have any other advice for us this week, Dr. Rajbans? I mean, there's if anyone is interested, in Panta Hospital, we're having a workshop. It's on stay younger than youngsters. That's what the topic is. You know, so it'll be <laughs> interesting. Uh, I'm giving a talk on uh, how to avoid sarcopenia frailty in older people. You know, how to stay strong. You know, even in your late 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, we got a good talk by a pharmacist on supplements for aging well. We got a nice talk on what sort of nutrition to help you age well. So there's a few nice, interesting topics. So you go to Pantai Facebook. Uh, of course, it's free. So anybody interested, so that'll be on the 24th of August. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning, Dr. Rajbans. Thank you.